0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Man, somebody say praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Lord bless you. Thank you, Pastor, for those kind words. Kind of makes a guy look around and see who's standing behind him. Who's he really talking about? It's good to be in church this morning. Well, that didn't sound too convincing. I said it's good to be in church this morning. There are plenty of other places we could be. Hey, Amen. I don't know about you, but I came to church this morning because I chose to. Hey, man, I wasn't able to be here Wednesday night. I was covered up under seven blankets, freezing to death, shaking, chills, not happy about it, but uh, today's a better day, and I'm glad to be back in church. I miss the house of God when I'm not here, amen, and whenever I'm not here and uh, can do so, I try to get church by some other means, whether it's by our podcast or someone else's live stream or something, because I don't want to go too long without the word of God in my life. Man, and that's where some of us, might err. sometimes is going too far without a fuel tank fill up. Amen. You are not invincible today. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell him, I'm not invincible. And I know some of you think you are. And I know especially some of us guys like to really think that we are, but we're really not invincible. For the next couple of Weeks Today and next week, we're going to deep dive into some very practical means of understanding and hopefully providing you with some tools to improve our ability to communicate with others. Now, communication, the subject of communication is in the Bible, all right? So I don't want anybody to get scared. A whole lot of what I'm going to talk about for the next two weeks is very practical, living, good-to-know stuff. But we're not going to leave the Bible out, all right? So any of you that are nervous about that, we're going to be reading the scripture here in just a moment, and I'll hopefully appease everyone. But our subject matter is communication, and Brother Zach, you can go ahead and put the title slide up anytime you're ready. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about communication, or the differences in communication between an introvert and an extrovert. And this is important, and I'll explain why here in just a few minutes but this is my title slide, it's a little bit of a collage but I'm, I'm just guessing this morning that there's some of you that might have experienced a few of these particular frames in your conversations with others at some point in your life I'm just guessing, I don't know if I'm right or not but we've got, uh, we've got one person there with a bag over her head and the other person still talking what's the bag over the head symbolized? Tuned out. They're not even listening, right? Anybody ever done that? You ever tuned anybody out and their lips were still moving, right? All right. Uh, right above that, we've got a couple of apples with with faces drawn on them. On the left side, you've got a, a smiley face, or you could call it a smirky face. On the other side, you've got a frown that's hidden by a smiley face. How many's ever hidden behind a smile? And you really didn't have one to offer. All right. And then right next to that, I don't know who's out shouting who, but they're really going at it. And below that, you've got Ricky Ricardo saying she's nuts. Any of you gentlemen ever called your wives names? Probably don't want to admit that in public this morning, do you? All right, so we're talking about communication. We are living in the 21st century. Communication should be, by all practical means, easier today than it's ever been and it's the most misunderstood and misabused subject there is. We still don't know how to get it right. So we're gonna be practical. What I'm going to attempt to do, there are certain things I cannot do. Uh, We're gonna talk about extroverts and introverts and I'll tell you right now, probably what most of you think an introvert is and what you think an extrovert is, is wrong. And we'll try to clarify that to some extent, but I am not here to diagnose you. I am not here to identify problems. I am just here to try uh, to give you a, uh, a broad spectrum understanding so that maybe you can follow along for the next couple of weeks and glean something from this. This type of subject matter is really effective when you are emotionally healthy. And I'm not gonna ask who is and is not emotionally healthy this morning. But as you start taking it, an assessment of yourself, here in just a few moments if you are here and you're not emotionally healthy if you're stressed if you're under a a real uh, mental strain and you've got a lot of worry in your life and a lot of things that just aren't going right and you're not really at peace with very much then that will skew your results just know that up front so just uh, try to do the best you can do first corinthians we're gonna read the word of the Lord now first corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33 reading one verse says be not Deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Now that verse really doesn't require a whole lot of interpretation. But we're going to dive into the core meaning of that over the next couple of weeks. So the question this morning is, are you an extrovert? or are you an introvert? How would you know? When people think about the terms extrovert and introvert, there are a lot of assumptions, a lot of misconceptions attached to them. Some people think that the loudest person in the room is invariably an extrovert. Some people think that people who get up and do what I'm doing this morning, that you have to be an extrovert to talk in front of people, that, it, that, that introverts are shy. All of those are incorrect. Introverts are not shy shyness may be a component to someone who is an introvert but you can be an extrovert and still be shy so there's 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 a lot of things that people attach a lot of labels people attach to these that are incorrect so what happens when you have to decide the difference between introvert and extrovert is where you get your personal energy from whether it is internal or external All right introverts can be the life of the party can be you put them in the right circle they are without hesitation the life of the party extroverts can sit in the room and not talk to anybody all right but it's where they draw their energy from and, and I can summarize it this morning this way, and we'll, we'll deep dive here in just a moment. But in summary, extroverts draw their energy a whole lot from being around others. Introverts draw their energy from solitude, from being by themselves. It's, it's, a, it's a completely different approach to an energy source. So from that, Brother Zach, if you'll go to the next slide, please There are three things that make up our behaviors. This says leadership behaviors. This is some of the tools that we use in our leadership training, and so don't get taken off by the word leadership because leadership doesn't have to have a title. We're leading ourselves today, all right. And it's important that we do so, or we're not. We're just going to be meandering around and wandering around nowhere. There's three things that make up every behavior that we make: nature, nurture. and choice Nature is how you're born Nurture is how you're raised and taught And choice is just simply what you choose And we all know that we have an absolute choice in the matter With whether it's whether it's practical life Or whether it's spiritual things How many have sat in church before And felt the presence of God All right how many have sat in church before and responded to the presence of God? Not a trick question. I'm not judging you if you do or do not. Raise your hand. How many have sat in church before, felt the presence of God, and still did nothing? Got my hand up. All right. Why? Because we have choice. So there are, there's a certain hardwiring to how God developed us when we were born. That's nature, and then all of our environmental uh, circumstances—your parents, your grandparents, your upbringing, your education, your your church attendance—there's a whole list of things, Brother Zach. If you'll go to the next slide, they make up in nurture. They make up what what's called the oughts and shoulds—the things that we expect of ourselves because of all of these environmental circumstances. It's the role models we look at, the school we attended. Our gender plays a factor. Our successes, our failures. How many remember your failures more than you do your successes? Right. So our failures play a factor in the choices we make tomorrow. Not every failure is bad. And the quicker we learn that, the healthier we become. I remember, I remember Bishop as a, as a little boy around probably Trevor's age I became intrigued with the stove and I can remember my mom cooking some Jiffy Pop popcorn and I just loved to watch that bag just blow up just rise and I just thought that was the neatest thing so I'd get in there beside her and I'd watch before you know it My hand was on the edge of the stove. And mom was like, get your hand back, you're gonna get burned. And I'm like, get get burned by what? And I saw the, you know, this is before smooth top stoves. This is the the metal ring on top and it was glowing red. And I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. And uh, she said, you touch it, you're gonna get burned. All right. Smack, you touch it, you're gonna get burned, all right. Right? Guess what I did I couldn't help myself Bob Gross It was just too much temptation For a seven year old I just couldn't contain it Guess what I did I touched it You know what came next It was a scream You know what my mother said Being the feeling compassionate woman she is She said it's your own fault That was a failure. But I learned from it. And it helped me make a better choice the next time I saw the oven on. What we need to learn, now let let me cross over from practical to spiritual here for just a moment, and we'll go back and forth as much as it's possible. What we need to learn in this hour is that every time we make a failure, that it's not game over. When I fall, the Bible says. I shall arise. Right? That's what the writer said. So we need to understand that whenever it comes to choices and behaviors in our walk with God even, that yesterday's failure does not mean I shouldn't try today. Our dreams influence us. Authority figures, parenting, culture, the culture we live in, our faith, all has a way of influencing us. Next slide please. So we're talking about the, the balance between extrovert and introvert. Every one of us here today, every one of us, 100% without question, exhibit and demonstrate the properties of both extrovert and introvert. You have both. One you have as a preference and the other you use in time in other times and that's just too much depth of content to get in, get in in the next two weeks, but you have a preference and that's what we're talking about today is the preference. So let's go to the next slide, Brother Zach. Extroversion. If you are an extrovert, now these are typical general behaviors, all right? If you, if you hit every one of these on the list, that does not automatically mean you are an extrovert, but it does mean for the for the purpose of these next two weeks that it's likely that you are. All right? There's a whole lot more depth to this than just what I'm giving you right now But here are the general things that you can see if you are an extrovert Extroverts prefer to talk things out loud in order to understand them They know moments when they've thought out loud and wish they could rewind history As a self-proclaimed extrovert, I can attest to that They prefer to brainstorm ideas at the start of projects and go away to work on the details. They share their thoughts freely when asked the right question by someone who is interested in them. They enjoy working in groups and are more productive with a soundtrack in the background. They give breath to life and often have lots of acquaintances and differing interests. The next slide, Brother Zach. introverts general behaviors, general things that, that help direct them in receiving their energy into this internal world of thought. They prefer written communication because it can be refined and perfected. They guard their thoughts until they are almost perfect. They often think they've communicated things that no one else has heard. That one's big. We're going we're to touch on that one a few times they dislike superficiality and small talk they enjoy working alone and the freedom to shut the office door or or in, in any case shut people out they give depth to life and focus on a small circle of deep friendships and their great desire is to know and to be known now just as a very basic show of hands on this information who would say That you are probably an introvert. Feel free to raise it, no one's gonna shoot you. All right. Who would say you're an extrovert? I knew Bishop's hand was going up. All right. Some of you didn't participate, that's all right. You're in there somewhere. Half and half. all right next slide we're going to continue with some traits Extroversion. there people are energized when interacting with others introverts are energized by the opportunity to reflect let me let me put this another way when I'm at work as an extrovert if I spend too much time in my office pastor it just wears me out I'll find myself sitting there at the computer screen and I'll find myself going and I can be at my freshest but if I've spent more than 90 minutes or two hours there by myself just going at it I'm just like shoot me now claw my eyeballs out, do something so I'll get up and I'll take a walk through the factory and talk to probably 50 people before I get back and when I get back I feel literally like my batteries have been recharged it's like whoo, that felt good isn't that right Bishop? that felt good Introverts. I've got some managers who are introverts that work for me that, that spend a whole lot of time with people all day long and I'll go out to talk to them to get my own recharge and whenever I walk in, they're just like, oh, I'm so exhausted, I've done nothing but talk to people all day long. And all they want to do is shut the door and be by themselves so that they can refresh. So there's... Polar opposites there in behavior. Extroverts are very sociable and expressive. We like to use our hands a lot. All right? It just is what it is. Private. Introverts are private and contained. Extroverts prefer to communicate by talking. Introverts prefer to communicate by writing. Extroverts work ideas out by talking through them. We like this statement that there's no dumb idea. So we just talk about it. I'll toss out ideas all day long I don't care how stupid they are Just because they're no personal reflection to me It's just an idea An introvert is going to sit there And they're going to think about it Until they've perfected it Because they're not going to risk Having someone say something about their ideas So they're going to get it right here And then they're going to say it So that if it reflects on them It reflects well You need this resonating with Anybody? Anybody see yourself? All right, extroverts have broad interests. Next slide, Brother Zach. Broad interests in many things. Introverts focus on depth. Extroverts learn best by doing. Introverts learn by mental practice. Extroverts readily take initiatives in work and work in relationships. And introverts are very selective. So let me give you an example here early on in case you're wondering what in the world does this have to do with me? Let me give you an example of how this is used in communication, how understanding this helps with communication. As an extrovert, and again, I'll just give you an example from my work life, just to bring this to life just a little bit. As as an extrovert leader of a team, I I have mostly introverts on my team at work, but I've got a couple of extroverts. So I can hold a meeting and I've got eight or 10 people there and invariably, I will always have the dependable few that if I'm looking for response, if I'm looking for someone to support a a project, or if I'm asking for volunteers or input, whatever it is, I've got a certain few extroverts, namely, who will almost always get their hand up, open their mouth, and start providing input, and I'm thinking, wow, this is great. They're really engaged, they really care, they're really tied into this, and they wanna help. And then, if I'm not aware of this content and I'm looking around the room at the quiet folks and I don't know that they're introverts and I don't know that they prefer to reflect in here first mentally, what is my judgment? My judgment is they're disconnected. They don't care. They could care less about being here. Why do I even have them on the team if they don't care? Why am I paying them a salary if they're not gonna do their job? Do you see how that can spiral out real fast. So understanding, not only yourself, but having a little bit of an understanding of those around you allows us to build some bridges in communication of understanding. Because now I know with some people on my team at work that if I want their best and they're an introvert, I give them two or three days notice. In a couple of days we're going to talk about this and here's the subject matter, be thinking about it. I never give that advance notice to the extroverts I don't have to there's no need so whenever we come together as a team the extroverts are just like "Woo!" five seconds in they're like yeah let's whiteboard it let's talk about it hands are going we're happy and all the introverts now are ready to engage because they've had an advance notice so now they can bring their best they've been reflecting now it's time to communicate alright so that is just a little glimpse into how this can be useful for every one of us it's useful in your marriages we'll get there alright I'm I'm, I'm, this is about 95 percent foundation 5 percent teaching okay we'll get there but this will this will be useful for your marriages it'll be useful for your parent-child relationships because Just because you are one way doesn't mean the person on the other side of you knows how to interpret that. So let me ask you a question this morning. This is a rhetorical question. I'm not looking for an answer out loud, but I know it's early Sunday morning, but I hope you had a good breakfast today and you're ready to go mentally deep. But let me ask you a question. Pretend as though you're staring in the mirror this morning. What is it like to be on the other side of you? When you're talking, your behaviors, your decisions, your choices, your speech, the things that you say to your children, the things that you say to your spouse, the things that you say to your siblings, the things that you say to your parents, the things that you say to your friends, what is it like to be on the other side of you? Because when we stop and reflect on that sometimes, being on the other side of us is not a pleasurable experience. So understanding more about ourselves and how we talk, how we take in information helps us know what can I keep and what should I change. Because remember three behaviors, we've got nature, can't change it. I am who I am and my hardwiring is what it is just by God. Nurture. The more I understand it, there's some things I can change. Because I may not have been 100% nurtured right Now you have to be willing to admit that first In order to cross the bridge of change And then there's choice We all have a choice And only you can definitively make the difference in your life To say, nope, not doing it Or, whew, I think I'll give this a try only you can do that. For Zach, next slide, please. Next slide. All right. So I'm gonna ask you some questions that we're gonna clarify a little bit about this E versus I deal, just to, to help you provide a little bit more depth to yourself of understanding on what your preference is. All right, because I really want you to get a very basic level understanding of where you think you might sit on the extrovert versus introvert scale because it's important for everything else we're really going to talk about. So next slide Brother Zach. If money was no object what would your perfect party look like? And how many invitations would you send? I'm gonna give you just a moment to think that over. and I'm gonna ask for some participation. We're gonna raise hands again so you might want to get stretched up here. But if money was no object and you could throw A party, don't let the word party throw you off there Uh, You can call it fellowship, you can call it gathering All right, we're not talking about a worldly party But just an event, whatever you want to call it Whether it's a birthday party, anniversary party, whatever If money was no object, what would it look like? How many invitations would you send? So who would send less than ten invitations? all right there's one hand thank you who would send less than 20 a couple more hands another hand here who would send 50 or more all right anybody up to 100 okay anybody over 100 all right okay typically By by psychological statistics, typically those that will send 25 or more fall more under the extrovert preference, and those that are under 25 fall more under the introvert preference. Typical behavior, all right? This is not an absolute. It is scientific, but it's not an absolute for every person because we are all very unique. Next slide, Brother Zach. At the end of a long day, how do you most effectively charge? Do you prefer to get into a room by yourself, read a book, do nothing, just sit in the room, cover up, whatever, get away from people, or do you prefer to spend your time fellowshipping with others? Who likes to, at the end of a long day, continue to talk and be around people? Okay. Who prefers to be in solitude and quiet time? All right. All right. Kind of get the feel for this just a little bit The solitude and quiet time by typical Behaviors is more introvert The other is the extrovert Next slide, if I sent you to a retreat In a beautiful hotel in the Swiss Alps with no TV No Wi-Fi, no phone And no people How long would you really enjoy it If you Would stay and enjoy It for five days Or more Raise your hand Okay. Less than five days I'm definitely less than five days My wife and I will go on anniversary trips sometimes that are seven days, seven to nine days and I'm usually so mentally wound up whenever I leave it takes me about three days to decompress but after I'm relaxed, Bishop and after I'm really there and I'm present two more days I'm sitting up thinking, when do we go home? I've got to get back to life. This is killing me. But I'll make myself relax. But typically, the people who find themselves wanting to escape reality, no TV, no TV may have threw some of you off for that. I apologize, but it's important. No TV, Wi-Fi, phones, or people, those people are that would spend, I've talked to some introverts that would say, send me there and I'll never come home and some extroverts would say 4 hours I'm coming back. All right? So you can kind of see the swing there. Next slide. How exciting would it be for you to go to a wedding of an old friend where you don't where you won't know anyone? That's the key. You don't know anyone there except for the friend getting married. How excited would you be to go? Excited to go? Raising of the hands. Not very many. Not excited to go? Most everybody, all right. When it comes to social events, introverts rarely want to go, especially if they don't know anyone. They would rather have their wisdom teeth pulled out without novocaine than to go. All right, it's just just how the behaviors go. Next slide. If I want your very best insights on a problem, when would we have the meeting? Now, or three days from now? now three days from now all right okay so you kind of understand that the now more more in alignment with extroversion because there's no bad idea let's just talk about it we're going to figure it out along the way all right and then introversion the opposite they want time to reflect now if you are Uh, Let let me throw this in here just for understanding's sake. If there are some of these things that you fall on alignment with what would be closer to an extrovert, but you really don't feel like an extrovert, don't get worried about that, okay? Because one of the nurtures of deciding factors of extroversion and introversion is culture. And the American culture is one of the most dominant cultures in the world. Hear this now. In the world in demanding by default that everyone behave like extroverts. No one says it, but it's ingrained in the behavior. It's a fight for survival. In the American culture, most introverts have to act like an extrovert just to survive. And there's not many cultures that are as bad at that as we are. So there is often a lot of confusion or a little disconnect or even a combination of both around that. Next slide, Brother Zach. What is it like for you in a team environment? How do you usually contribute? We won't raise hands on that one, but I just want you to think about it. So the next slide, some key words for extroverts is active, outward, sociable, people, many, expressive, lots of breath. Introversion, key words is reflective, inward, Reserved. Privacy. Few. Quiet. Depth. So if you go to the next slide, Brother Zach. So an aha moment here, or a takeaway that I want you to have hopefully here is that nature does not equal behavior. And We just kind of went through an assessment. Uh, it, it wasn't a written assessment. A written assessment usually accompanies this, but this was part of, of a formal assessment that you go through in determining where you stand on the psychological profile. It's only a snapshot because your nurture is that powerful. Okay? There are a lot of things that decide who we are and what we do. If you go to the next slide, Brother Zach, and just park it there for just a little while. Extroverts and introverts, we're talking about communication. So let's start with introverts for a moment. Introverts, as a result of their preference for internal consideration and thought, They mostly and often prefer written communication. We see this, we see an advance in this in modern day technology through the use of social media. There are people that will say things on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that they would never say to your face. There are people that will say things in email in a corporate environment they will never say to your face because an introvert can be extremely bold when there's no no uh, no hint of reality in front of them it's just me and the screen and i'm typing away it's called it can get it can get dangerous and it can go to the extreme to what's called cyberbullying all right Most of your cyber bullies would never bully you in person. They are hiding behind the mask and the facade because they're an introvert. They're communicating their their aggressions out, but I don't have to see your face. They would rather think through the best way to say or accomplish something before they volunteer it in the external world. Introverts rarely share verbally or in writing something they do not consider to be their final and well-developed opinion. As you can imagine, email and text messaging have been a true boom for them, as we just talked about. Most extroverts, on the other hand, are quite happy to think out loud. They'll move the pieces of thought around until they discover a great idea. The issue comes, here's the disconnect, all right? The issue comes when we don't understand what's going on with the people around us. So as an extrovert, I can assume wrongfully But I can assume that the quiet people don't care An introvert can equally assume Do they ever shut up? Now don't tell me you've never thought that about somebody I'm not going to ask if you ever thought it about me I don't really want to know But introverts have the same assumptions about extroverts that extroverts have about introverts. They're just opposite of scale. But what that proves is, is there's a disconnect in communication. We are not connecting. Dr. John Maxwell wrote a book about a year ago and released it. It's called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Talking is not enough to communicate. We we talk all the time. Even the quiet people in the room Probably, in, in the right circle, talk a lot. When you're in your comfort zone. But talking isn't communication. Matter of fact, one thing I teach, when I teach a communication class at school, one thing I teach about communication is that talking is the least important uh, variable in communication. That the most important component to communication is not talking, it's listening. Listening. Because half the time, we would avoid half the battles we create through miscommunication if we just listen to begin with. Right. So, in the negative environment, where introverts and extroverts don't understand each other, here's what each might be thinking about the other. Most extroverts look at introverts and think, what's going on? I'm not getting a lot of feedback. You don't appear to be engaged. You don't tend to say anything. Most introverts look at extroverts and say, are you still so immature and utterly insensitive that you think out loud one more time and cause deep offense because you can't engage your brain before you engage your mouth? It's a difference of perspective. Now let's take this, let's peel the layer of the onion back just a little bit more and go just a tad bit deeper I wonder, I wonder what is the what is the engagement between us and God between our psychological preferences of extroversion and introversion and our communication with Him Let me explain I wonder if God looks at the introvert and thinks, aren't you going to talk to me? I wonder if God looks at the extrovert and says, aren't you going to be quiet for a while and listen? I don't know. Just just a couple of questions but whether he does or whether he doesn't because he created us and understands us I wonder how we use these most effectively in our communication to him it's important then you have the introverts challenge of I already told you how many brave husbands this morning have ever had your wife look at you and say I already told you that Oh there's a couple of Brave guys here this morning that are joining me My wife and I have This conversation somewhat Frequently and since she's in the next Room I can say this It's alright she'll listen to the podcast So I'm an extrovert She's an introvert Tell you what happens sometimes, all right. This is not every communication. I'll tell you what happens sometimes. Sometimes there'll be a topic come up, and a day or so later it'll come back up and she'll say, I already told you that. And my response is, No, you didn't. And her response is what do you think? Yes, I did. And what do you think I say back? No, you didn't. Now, that can go on and on, right? I think some of you may have experienced this a little bit, a little replay. But if I ask her, when did you tell me? Well, I don't know, but I told you. Now, I could stop right... I usually stop right there because it's safest. Right? But the point is, introverts are capable of assuming that extroverts' mouths are open so much they didn't hear it. But introverts also think if you're if you're here this morning and you think you're an introvert, I want you to listen to this, because this will help you. When you think you've communicated. You haven't. That doesn't mean that my wife isn't right part of the time. She probably is, and I'm I'm covering my tracks here, so when she listens to the podcast, she knows that I'm admitting that. I love you, dear. But listen to me. If If you are an introvert, the communication for you in your mind is so loud and so repetitive that it will automatically by default convince you that you've communicated things that you haven't. This is where breakdowns occur. So we have to be careful, and we have to really understand. So what is often recommended by psychologists for introverts is to literally over-communicate to the point to where you think you're going to throw up if you say it one more time, say it again because especially if you're around extroverts, you more than likely have not communicated it clear enough to get understanding. All right, so there's a difference in the communication. They think they've communicated, they haven't. Don't worry about boring people or repeating things Because more than likely, you haven't said it that way before. You just think you have. So you say it again. Why? Why is this important? Because it helps us avoid misunderstanding. It helps us avoid further issues involved in our communication with others. It helps us understand how to get out of an argument. You know the number one way to get out of an argument? Well, the number one way to get out of an argument is not to open your mouth. That's that's the, that's the first way. But since that one's more than likely not going to happen, and I can tell by the look on some of your faces that I know it's not going to happen, the number one way to get out of an argument or to diffuse an argument is to take the other side's perspective. Truly listen to hear what they're saying because in most cases what the other person is saying is not even the problem that's just what they're mad about in the moment so when it comes to processing information extroverts enjoy the challenge introverts not so much so they like a chance to think about it extroverts think out loud constantly Most difficult hang-up people have in determining Extrovert versus introvert tendencies Is that many introverts look like extroverts And I touched on this just a few minutes ago So it's important to understand the difference Now, what do you do with this Or what you do with this Is up to you And I'm giving you a very limited perspective but I want you to understand that just the disconnects that we've talked about this morning if you can leave here today and under, and, and start, start being conscious of the communication you have with your spouse of how they're talking, what they're saying oftentimes what they're not saying and if you can be more in tune with what those things are and more sensitive, especially if you are an extrovert and your spouse is an introvert Sometimes being more sensitive as an extrovert means not talking so much. Avoiding what's called the boomerang effect. Has anybody ever heard of the boomerang effect? The boomerang effect is something that most extroverts are very guilty about, and that is every conversation is about us. If you don't think so, just ask us. In a natural world. When you're talking with someone, if I was talking with a pastor, hey, how's your week going? And we get two questions into his week And all of a sudden I turn that around about my week Boomerang I just flipped it on him Now we're not talking about him Who are we talking about Talk about me All right. That can be innocent Or that can be highly offensive To the person on the other side of you And if they're an introvert You're never going to know that it was offensive That's the dangerous part and that's the part we need to understand, especially in church life and world life alike, is you're not always going to know who you've offended. So it's important for us to not only know how are other people communicating to us, but how should I be communicating to them? And that communication sometimes involves silence because I may not have the most important thing to say. So, Zach, if you'll go back to, let's go to the next slide now. I'm gonna hurry my way through here. So here's some tips on how extroverts can better handle introverts, all right? There's seven tools here. You can pick one of them, you can pick all of them, you can write them down, don't write them down, it's clearly up to you. But these are insights for extroverts on dealing with introverts. One, learn to be fully present and truly listen to the opinions of introverts before attempting to respond and why is that important because those of us that like to talk out loud we've got a solution for everything now I'm outnumbered by introverts here this morning so I'm not expecting a whole lot of feedback from the few extroverts that are here but we have a solution for everything you come to us with the problem we're gonna solve it my wife uh, this was one of the first things I learned and, and really tried to to redevelop in my relationship with her a couple of years ago uh, because I realized uh, through uh, some training and some some uh, some situations that I was going through in, in the training that I was very bad at this. But every time she would talk to me about a problem, I had a solution. And I thought she was looking at me for a solution, so I kept offering solutions. All she wanted to do was tell me the problem. She didn't want me to solve it. So we have to be present and listen Watch how much you talk for In any conversation Finishing an introvert sentence Never goes down well Even if you don't know it Beware the boomerang effect We already talked about that one Number four for extroverts This is difficult Silence is okay The introverts have heard you Hearing an extrovert Will never be a difficulty Because we make sure of it Number five, don't stack your questions. Give time for someone to actually think about it and reply. What happens too many times for us extroverts is if we're dealing with introverts and we give them a question and they don't respond quick enough, we jump in and answer it for them. Introverts just want to have time to think. Learn to appreciate the introverts. You don't see what they're best at automatically. They have to bring it. And number seven, create opportunities that allow introverts to use Uh, their best their right hand what they're what they're natural born at what they're good at next slide please insights for introverts on dealing with extroverts over communicate it may be real and loud inside your head but that doesn't mean that others haven't heard it yet so they need to truly hear it number two learn to share your ideas out loud even if they are not perfect it's difficult for the introvert but it's no less important Number three, learn to protect your enthusiasm and energy into the external world. Body language and tone of voice communicates more than words. And that speaks no louder than it does from the introvert. All right, so all of you introverts, listen up. Don't think that just because you're not talking, you're not communicating. Because introverts communicate loud and clear through body language. And then when they do finally talk through tone of voice. Number four, to truly hear what an extrovert thinks, you will have to let them speak for longer than what you really wish. Number five, don't judge an extrovert for thinking out loud. Help them learn discretion and discipline. Six, take time each day to recharge your battery. It will actually increase your productivity. Seven, giving yourself constantly to others will eventually diminish your capacity to help because you've got to have that solitude time. Next slide please. Most relational drama, and I'm landing the plane here in just a few moments, most relational drama is the result of miscommunication. If you want to remove drama from your life, we have to learn how to communicate better. Because it's the disconnect that creates drama. Next slide. What you believe about yourself is what you communicate. I want you to think about that for a minute. Because we sometimes feel like others see us a certain way and we don't like it. So the question this morning is, is what are you communicating to them by believing about yourself? We have to be careful what we communicate to others. Next slide. This is a a tool, a visual tool to explain. You want to cut drama out of your life? How does drama get created in our life oftentimes? Person number one has a problem with person number two what happens in most life circumstances in most life circumstances if we're not careful person number one never goes to person number two to talk about it they go to someone else It's what the Bible calls gossip it's what common sense calls gossip so person number three the relationship between one and three now becomes a firewall to the issue There's no way to repair it There's no way to fix it Because person number two doesn't know anything about it Not only is this not biblical It's not good practice It's biblical in the sense that it happens It's not biblical in the sense that the Bible endorses it What are we supposed to do? Person number one is supposed to go to person number two And say, hey I got a problem with you, Bubba Let's talk about it That's what the Bible says I think what it actually says is to leave your gift at the altar and to go reconcile with your brother first, then come back. So if you want to get drama and gossip and all of these misunderstandings and miscommunications out of your life, stop going to someone else about something that you need to be going direct to the source about. It'll help you. Next slide. If you have a challenging discussion, this is is good for everybody. I'm I'm honing in on the introverts right now just because you don't talk freely. And and this is where it becomes difficult in life. If you have something you need to talk with someone over that is not happy subject, it's not great subject, it's nothing that you're looking forward to, don't text it. That's the first desire of the introvert is hide behind the writing because I don't want to confront the issue. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to see them, but I want to tell them about it. Don't text it. Ten percent of text messages that are challenging are effective. Ten percent. That means you have a 90 percent failure rate to repair the relationship if you hide behind the writing email is only 15% effective a phone call is only 35% effective a video chat is only 70% effective 95% effectiveness by discussing the matter in person now we can look at this and we can say well yeah that makes sense it does make sense but we don't practice it enough or we wouldn't have to be teaching people this So just remember, don't hide behind instant messaging, text messages, whatever your medium is. Next slide. The greater the challenge, the more important it is to communicate it face to face, together. That's the right way. Next slide. I'm finishing up. If you want to improve communication and reduce drama in your life, next. Stop arguing on social media. How many how many people have seen others post things on social media that you can tell by what they said they were not happy. Not the right place in time. It doesn't solve anything creates problems. Next slide. Don't present challenge in a text. We just covered that. Next slide. Stop hinting. It's a passive aggressive method of getting a point across. Well, I hinted around to them, but they're not catching on. Hinting doesn't work. And for you non-confrontational people that don't want to confront an issue, hinting will never work. It creates more problems What you have to do is openly discuss the matter between person one and person two. Next slide, learn to listen. The stop hinting is for the introverts. The learn to listen is for the extroverts. Learn to listen. Not that we don't all need to listen, but introverts are in most cases, if they're healthy, they're listening already. Next slide, self-awareness does not equal effective communication. Developing long-term relationships is a skill. And it's a skill. How do you develop a skill? We've got, we've, got a, we've got a an expert welder in the house. Brother Mike, how did you develop the skill of welding? You do it over and over again, right? And when you started, did you get it right? The master at anything was once a beginner. But what we often do Is we look at somebody and we say Man I can't do that And we judge their 30 year experience Now I'm I'm, I'm bringing it home to the church now We judge their 30 year walk with God And we think I can't do that You can't judge someone's year 30 by your day 45 It's a skill. You want to develop a relationship with your spouse? It's a skill. You want to develop a relationship with God? Guess what? It's a skill. And it's something you have to practice over and over and over. My relationship with God didn't happen by accident. It happened on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, and on Wednesday night. It happened on Monday morning, and Tuesday morning, and Thursday morning, Wednesday morning, Friday morning. It happens when I'm with him outside of this building. It happens when I'm with him and I'm inside this building. And guess what? Every time I pray, I'm not rocking the foundations of the house. And every time I read my Bible, I don't walk away thinking, whew, that was fun. It's a skill. We develop it. We develop skill by failure. Just because we mess up doesn't mean we shouldn't keep trying. Next slide, please, Brother Zach. The truth in communication code is this. Unmet unmet expectations in communication lead to long-term disappointment. Resentment and ultimately settling for a new normal That new normal sometimes looks like fighting Abuse Words being said that shouldn't be Because we're not understanding the differences in how we communicate So we settle for something that we shouldn't have to settle for Because our expectations are unmet The danger is that we all get our communication needs met somewhere And since this is February love month, let me say it this way. Husbands and wives equally together. You need to understand that if you are not communicating with your spouse, someone will. Every person gets their communication need met somewhere. And every marital issue starts with communication. starts there and if the communication needs are not met then it develops into something else unmet expectations lead to long-term disappointment how do we fix that we fix that by understanding how do i communicate how do they communicate let's bridge the gap because we are two uniquely separate and individual people i am done for the day i hope that was not too awfully painful for you but please understand we're going to dive into scripture a little bit more next week and we're going to come back to the verse we read today Evil communication corrupts good manners. I want you to ponder on that for the next seven days. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Understanding who we are and what we are by God's design and by our choices helps us avoid evil communication. You want to have good manners? Have good speech. It don't get any deeper than that. I got some of my job promotions 15 years ago. I got some of my job promotions, Pastor, not because of my skills. Because I didn't have any. I didn't have the developed skill set at that time they were looking for. I got my, my first management promotion, not because I was a good manager, I'd never been one before. I got my first management promotion. The HR vice president sat me down and he explained it to me. He said, I want to tell you why we're interested in you he said it's because of your speech and your conduct you behave well I was a 30 something year old man and he's telling me I behaved well why is that important? because there's a lot of people that don't it will do you well sir or ma'am in life and in church if when we come before the face of God we behave well and I can't behave well any better than avoiding evil communication and making sure that my manners are correct. And I do that between me and this water bottle. I do that by making sure I'm communicating the right thing. Would you stand with me this morning as Pastor comes? Amen. How many enjoyed that? Thank you for listening.